Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to the Help Desk for Thursday the 11th of February. My name is Peter Wells. And I am Tess Bennett. And Tess, walk us through one of the most epic threads I've seen on Twitter for a very long time. Okay, so we're going to get the heavy lifting out of the way up front uh, today. But I think it was last week we talked about um, that new report from the ACCC into the digital advertising market. Now, this isn't the media code. It's uh, looking at how competition in the digital advertising market is working um, and that area of the world just happens to be dominated by Google and Facebook. So we took a very high level look at it last week, but Jason Kint uh, has taken a deep dive into the 222 page report and he is uh, in the US. He's an expert on the digital duopoly, which is what people in the industry call Google and Facebook. And he's also the CEO of Digital Content Next, which is an industry association that represents the big publishers in the US like the New York Times or Condé Nast. And anyway, getting back to his uh, epic Twitter thread, um, he starts off by saying, hands down, the best report I've seen on the ad tech complex creates an overwhelmingly clear picture of the problem. And that's almost enough to make you want to, you know, sit down and read 220 pages <laughs> of uh, ACCC's uh, findings on the matter. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I only got halfway through his thread and my, my brain started to melt, but um, yeah, good on him. It's really like a tricky industry to understand. One of the key things that I guess has stuck with me around this report is how Google's technology is present um, the whole way through the advertising supply chain. That means that the technology, it's Google's technology is representing the advertiser who's bidding on an ad spot and the publisher who's also selling uh, the advertising spot. But then at the same time, you've got Google, which has its own ad inventory in Google search and YouTube. So basically the report saying there's lots of potential for misuse of power in that dynamic. And as Kint puts it in his thread, the report pretty much summarizes that both sides of the market are screwed due to <laughs> Google's ad tech monopoly power. And he also keeps bringing up this point that a lot of Google's advantages come from the massive amount of data that it collects on us, mm -hmm. um, which makes its advertising tools so damn effective against any other offering except for possibly Facebook. And he also pulled out one of the proposed solutions from the report, which is to make Google silo that data in one spot and act as a service provider when selling advertising services. Um, yeah, so there's a lot, a lot in there to get your head around. But looks like um, publishers and advertisers are getting a raw deal in the monopoly, uh, which might explain why publishers are so annoyed at Google and Facebook. Yeah, it, it is a fascinating thread if you if you are looking to understand this topic uh, more. I, I would say that you do need to have some level of understanding of how crazy the ad tech world is before you jump in because it, it is a very hard read but it's it's nice to to see that 
experts are looking over what the ACCC has written and are not saying it's, you know... Trash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's so much criticism about how sloppy the media code is, whereas in, in this example, they're saying, no, no, this is nailing every issue uh, that we see about Google and, and Facebook's dominance. Moving on, uh, and John Davidson over at The Fin shares sales figures for the mobile phones of the last quarter. Numbers show a modest increase in sales in the last quarter, quarter of 2020, up from 3% over the same period of the previous year. It's a small growth, but much better than the disastrous sales that started the year, which kind of makes a lot of sense. Not many people were rushing out to buy a phone while they were locked down, but the rebound was not enough to make up for the slow start of the year, and the industry exited 2020 having sold just 8.3 million phones, down 1% compared with 8.4 million the year before. The rebound, though, was led by Apple, and this is where the details get a bit interesting, which had a bumper final quarter of the year after it released its iPhone 12. Its market share increased by 3.8%, and the iPhone now has 46% of Australian phone sales compared to 53% of Android. Apple uh, seemed to have done well, and and again, that kind of makes some sense to me when you think that a lot of people had some pent-up... What what we saw in a lot of the sales data over the, the, the last few months is there was a lot of pent-up demand from people who had been working from home to go out and splurge a little bit on a luxury item. And I guess an iPhone is a luxury item to a lot of people. So the iPhone is creeping up on that sort of having 50% market share in Australia. Do you think they'll get there and like when? If so, when? I don't know if they'll ever get there. I mean, that is remarkable compared to most countries around the world. The iPhone generally sits between about 20 and 40% in most Western countries. To, to be in the high 40s is already pretty remarkable. I think it's about 20% or something like that in the, in the States. But their, their mobile phone market is completely different to ours. Uh, a lot more monopolies, which, as we've seen, does not do uh, great things for competition. And moving on to work from home life, uh, it's almost been a year since we all got home, sent home from the office and companies are still working out what to do with remote work. So Facebook, Microsoft, and we've talked about Dropbox before, have all announced permanent work from home policies in response to the pandemic. The news this week is that Salesforce has said the nine to five workday is dead and it's going to allow its employees to choose one of three categories that dictate how often, if ever, they go back to the office, with the caveat of once it's safe to do so. Uh, behind door number one is flex, which means coming into the office three days per week for your team meetings, etc., cetera, uh, and two days at home to hang out the washing and get your packages delivered. The second option is fully remote, which means committing to a lifetime of Zoom calls. And the third is office-based, like the before times. For what it's worth, Salesforce expects office only will be the smallest category and flex or hybrid, um, as I would call it, will be the biggest and most popular option. Yeah, I, I like the idea behind flex. Flex sounds quite lovely to me. Um, that's what I've been trying to do for the last couple of years as an IT professional, uh, just because I have children and all that other stuff. Uh, it's, it's weird watching my friends complain about their bosses demanding they go back to the office. None of my friends want to go back. What about you? No, yeah. It's funny. Bosses seem to want people back in the offices. My thoughts would be, I think we'll see a year or two still of, of a flex type arrangement and seeing how that plays out. And then I think once all those sort of unintended consequences come out through that period, like it turns out you don't get a promotion if you don't come into the office mm. or it's just too difficult or no one wants to do Zoom anymore. 
yeah, I'm not calling it a permanent a permanent switch just yet. No, no. Hopefully uh, lessons will be learned though. And it does make a lot of sense for Salesforce to uh, launch a, a survey like this when they've purchased Slack just a couple of months ago. Moving on, uh, I found a great article on electricity prices and tech. So this article is from What Clarity. Never heard of it before, but it is a deep dive into all things electricity prices. And the, the writer says for four months, I've been testing a real-time retail electricity plan. So this is one offered by Amber, which I believe you've got some uh, history with. Yes, I've spoken to the founders of Amber Electric before. They are an Australian startup. I think I would have interviewed one of their founders in 2019. So they're not new, but they, or they're not brand new, but they're still quite small. And if you want to get on the service, they do still make you go through a wait list. Is that right? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I signed up for the wait list about two months ago, I think. I've now been approved, but now I'm waiting for the transition for my old supplier to agree. But anyway, um, so this is really just the perfect timing for this article to come out for me. Uh, it shows kind of how much work had to be done to make sure that the author is paying the least amount of electricity uh, based on kind of monitoring the app and seeing uh, what prices were at any particular time. But this is something that, like, I feel like I've got enough time to really play around with this kind of stuff. And and I've been fascinated of, like, you know, when should I put my washing on, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm, I know that sounds all nerdy and, and really, I don't know, frugal, but I'm, I'm more than up for the challenge. And uh, he says that he does, at the end of it, look, it's a really long article, but he says in the end he did save some money. Yeah, so I'm going to double back here and explain mm-hmm. how you save money. <laughs> so basically when you... With electricity at the moment, you, there's a wholesale price and they put a margin on it and, and that's what you get charged. This uh, model from Amber is they're going to charge you the the real-time price for electricity as it is priced on the wholesale market, but you do have to pay a monthly $10 subscription fee. And the idea is you use power when there are cheap renewables generating energy. Mm-hmm. So basically getting used to washing your clothes uh, between 10 and 3, you know, on your flex days home from the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's going to be a cheaper, you're going to use power um, at a cheaper price. But, I mean, I do remember, you know, in this interview a few years ago, they, they did say that those sort of early adopters were super keen and manually adjusting their behavior based on the info in, in the app. So it's very, what you're doing is very normal. Uh, well, and yeah, and, and to me, uh, I actually didn't approach it because I uh, was w- wanting to save money on electricity. It was more the fact that, um, and this is another thing that the author touches on, is that I live in a rental, so I can't get solar panels on my roof. I can't do anything like that. But I do want to lower my greenhouse uh, emissions uh, for the year. Uh, so this seemed like a really good way to do that. Uh, it was a, a really simple way of kind of choosing the best environmental energy available at any one time as well. So that that was the motivation for me to, to try it out. And I'll, I'll report back in a couple of months when I've played around with the service a bit more. And the tech angle as well that we haven't touched on is at some point, the, those features will be automated. So you your pool pump will only run automatically when the power is cheap and same with your air conditioning or charging up your electric vehicle uh, mm. and things like that. So, you know, those smart de- devices will sort of fit into this this world as well. Absolutely. And that's all we have time for for the help desk today. Thank you, Tess Bennett. Thanks, Peter. And we'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. 
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.